Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 26 of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter. All right, Action, uh, you had a, a nice weekend. Uh, it's first weekend back. You've been, you've been kind of all over the place, so maybe the first real weekend in the homestead here. Did you get to relax a little bit? A little bit, yeah. We kind of lounged around and got some things done around the house, ran errands and so forth. Watched a lot of basketball, as nice. per usual, as my February routine. So it was nice. Got caught up. A little bit of work, too. How about you? It was a volleyball weekend action. I don't know. I got, I'm got. i a yes man. You know, I've got a t-shirt that's going to come out. I'm a yes man and avocado guy. I don't know. Because <laughs> I just had some avocado, actually. Uh, delicious. Anyway, um, yeah, so everybody just asked me to play this weekend, which was great. The problem was I had President's Day off, so I ended up playing... A total of nine hours over three days and uh, 24 games. I calculated 24 games in 54 hours. And um, so I'm still a little tired, actually, experience, but fantastic workouts, uh, seeing different friends, playing with different people. Unfortunately, you got to play way out in the suburbs, so it's it's a long ride. I actually spent Sunday afternoon with your cousin, uh, as you know, uh, Mr. Trelevin, and you probably know that they're talking about moving to Florida or something now. So yeah. it was kind of to make sure I got them before they headed out of town. And we watched a little basketball when I was over there and it was a nice visit. But uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the greater Southwest suburbs this weekend for whatever reason. And, and the Pistons got a big win on Saturday. I should put that in. There's only one more regular season game. We are primed for the playoffs. So we're ready to go. Nice. Yeah. Pistons seem like they're the heavy favorite in the league so hopefully they can yeah. come home with the hardware yeah we'll see we'll see it's a two-day tournament next week so more on that later um the other thing i did as you know yet last night did a little Ravon, second Ravon um hosting was the iowa wish uh, michigan state game not much of a game actually yeah. and it was th- thankfully you popped on there although it was it was pretty good conversation this time i mean at least there was you know about the same maybe seven to seven eight people in there it was a good Good game for like about a half, maybe sort of. <laughs> I yeah, I checked. I think it was like 18 points by halftime, or maybe that was early second half. It was it was I think it was 15 and a half or 14, but they had cut it to 10 at one point, even cut it maybe to eight at one point. But yeah, it was a blowout after that. Well, good uh, segue there. Let's go right into hoops. You know, we're all NCAA hoops now. We're we're only about less than a week from March Madness, so. We're all ready. I know that our listeners are getting ready, and, and people out there don't even know about college basketball until about a week or two. But why don't you talk to us through the action index? I see – was Arizona last number two last week, yeah. or was that – is that? Yeah, not a ton of movement here. Um, at the top, Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, Baylor, and Kansas. But the the thing that I noticed as I was putting these numbers together is that the gap between number one, Gonzaga – Gonzaga and number two Arizona is widening after every single game. They're now four and a half, almost five points clear of the field, which is right. remarkable. Right. 
I mean, it's tough, you know, and I don't know. I mean, you're using Ken Palm numbers, which involves strength of schedule. Obviously, the Zags, they're, they're going to play some of the better opponents this week, actually. Mm-hmm. True. And the Pac-12 has, you know, some pretty good teams with some crappy teams. So you'd think, though, that teams like Kentucky, although Kentucky, you can see they're really close to Arizona. You know, they've got a tough schedule, as does Baylor. Like, the, the Big 12 and SEC are all through this list, by the way, <laughs> besides the top two. and. Yeah. I guess uh, Houston and Purdue, but um, you really have Big 12 SEC focus, which I think is, you know, spoiler, I think that's going to be some of the better teams going forward in the tournament as well. So you you, you kind of threw this on here. Um, you know, Action's always trying to surprise me. You get, think, you know, got to think on my toes, but you've got some wooden, uh, you know, futures here, and you, you kind of had to go off, you know, bet online or get out of the, Michigan, you want to tell us a little story about this? Yeah, I was uh, I was shopping for some wooden award futures, mainly as a hedge against a, a couple of bets I've made on Purdue Boilermakers to win the Big Ten regular season. And so sure. looking ahead at the schedule, I, I believe that Wisconsin has the easiest schedule coming home down the stretch, and they're really the biggest competitors to, to that bet, to Purdue not winning the regular season. And so right. I'd also done some reading and obviously watched Johnny Davis play a lot. And thought to myself that a bet on him to win the Wooden Award could be a pretty good hedge against my Purdue futures in the case that mm-hmm. Wisconsin rises up and actually takes home the crown. And so I started right. searching and quickly realized that Michigan doesn't allow betting on collegiate award competitions. And so I mm-hmm. had to look elsewhere, offshore, namely, here are the odds from Bet Online. But I found out that Indiana and Illinois and Ohio all have the Wooden Award odds. There you go. So... So you can you can tap your 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 buddies for for the local books over there like here in Chicago or your your brother up in Indiana or something. Yeah, I need to find some runners. That's right, that's right. Well, let's let's look at some of this. I mean, we've talked about Kentucky and and Shigway, You know, great name, tough spelling. There's a T in there, action. Oscar Shigway, he's the heavy favorite at plus 105. Um, and I know that. I mean, he's been great. I'm really like him. Like I said, I talked about him in past episode about the interview. You've got Kobe Coburn, you know, plus 400. He's a beast uh, for sure. And he's he's definitely their MVP on their team, although they've got good guards. But last night I saw this guy, Keegan Murray, uh, you know, plus 500 here from Iowa. This kid is, mm-hmm. he's silk, super smooth in the offensive end, plays a little defense. He's a twin brother, um, Chris Murray, and uh, that's, that's Kenyon Murray's kid. Used to play at Iowa, so he, he they were talking him up last night, and he really delivered. He scored, I think he think he scored like five games in a row over 26 points now, or something like that. Yep. If I heard the broadcast right, so you got Coburn plus 400, Murray 500, and there's your Johnny Davis plus four 500 as well at Wisconsin. And it's kind of interesting to me that you know there's been a not a down year in the Big Ten, but you know there's been talking like last year. I think everybody thought the Big Ten was the best conference, so. You've got these three guys right here that are that are doing great beside Shigwe, and then then you kind of look at some other uh, conferences with Agbaji. Uh, that's that's the Kansas guy plus one thousand, mm-hmm. and Chet Holmgren plus two thousand. So obviously, you always like the longer shot guys, uh, or are you just going to stick with Johnny Davis? Uh, well, I found Johnny Davis DraftKings in Indiana at twelve to one, so pretty significantly oh, different odds nice. than what we're seeing here at Bet Online. And uh, I made the bet mainly as a hedge, but I think that John Davis has a shot too. She has been He doesn't score all that much in Kentucky this season. Um, you know, he, he he's more of a rebounder. So 
when it comes down to it, I'm not sure that he should be such a heavy favorite at the top of the board, and I think the value lies further down. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, definitely watched the guy last night. I've seen John Day play. He's a player. And he, he really, you take him, I don't know how they do the Wooden Award. It's it's a little different than any other award. But it's stats. It's not necessarily MVP type stuff. But it would be interesting to have back-to-back Iowa guys win it. Yeah, Garza right. last year, our irony. But Davis is definitely there. You take Davis off that team, I mean, that's that's their offense, right? I mean, especially in the fourth or you know, end, of, end of the game. Yeah, I would say. It, Anybody else? You, you don't have listed here? What's that? If the Wooden Award was an MVP, it would certainly be Johnny Davis because I think Wisconsin would be hot garbage without him. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, they're not going to give him the Wooden Award, but, you know, Jabari Smith from Auburn is certainly a great player. Um, you know, you've got Chet Holmgren here who, you know, that's a Zags guy. I mean, Timmy, I guess they compete. They would split votes or something. You know, I, it's kind of an interesting field. So it is a kind of a short board here. There's nobody else that you've considered in this award to, to throw some money on a longer shot? Well, coincidentally, this, these are the only players that Bet Online oh. has listed. So I did see some additional at some of the domestic books in Indiana and Illinois okay. that are longer odds. I think Jaden Ivey is on the list somewhere as well as Zach Eady, the Purdue big man. But they obviously would split votes. And I really think that it's tough for a West Coast player like Chet Holmgren to get the notoriety and the visibility that is required to win this award because the Eastern and Central time zone pretty much dominates the landscape of college basketball in the regular season. And it's pretty, he's a freshman, right? Yes. It's pretty rare a freshman win this award anyway. It seems to always be an upperclassman. Maybe they're considering other things like academics and civic duties. I'm not really sure, but um, okay. Well, that's, I mean, it's good to know. I mean, I, I guess, not just seeing Murray, I like like his game, but I think Davis is a good bet there, especially if you got him twelve to one. Yeah. Well, let's review uh, our week. You know, we're not we're not burning up the uh, <laughs> the airways on our picks lately, but it's always good to talk about. Uh, first, we kind of wanted to mention at least you know, before we get into our results, mm. you know, the whole Jawan Howard Wisconsin melee, and might as well talk about it a little bit. I mean. I don't know your impressions of the game and, and what happened. I didn't see the game, so I can't see exactly what happened. From what I understand, uh, Michigan was going to lose, no question. And I guess Jawan Howard was still having his guys press the walk-ons because, you know, you're getting beat pretty bad. They just put, you know, the walk-ons in to get some time. And I guess Greg Gard didn't, didn't like that very much. Uh, so after the game, you know, he wanted to kind of talk Jawan and, you know, pull him aside or something and, Juwan was having none of it, and then that considered this whole, whew, it just kind of exploded there, you know, in the Cole Center there. And, you know, Juwan obviously is getting, he's going to be suspended for the five games remaining. He did take a swing and hit assistant coach. But I don't know. I, I was kind of shocked Guard didn't get anything besides a $10,000 fine. I mean, it was kind of a weird – it was like everybody was on the Michigan side there. But any, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean I- – I bet on Michigan in that game, and I thought that they were going to perform better. And I think that Jawan Howard probably thought the same, and that could probably be extrapolated throughout their entire season. Sure. They, quite frankly, they got their asses kicked they in the did. second half, and that's been the story of their season. So I think what we saw from Jawan there at the end was just a culmination of his frustration with the team mm-hmm. and their poor performance throughout the entire year. 
they were continuing to press with like a 16 point deficit and 12 seconds left. And I think guards explanation was that the, the walk-ons had already lost six seconds in the backcourt and he wanted to take the timeout so that they didn't, you know, get, get the 10 second violation and kind of to save their psyche to some degree. And ultimately Howard came through the line and pulled his mask down and said, I'm going to remember that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then guard like tried to grab him and explain it. And ultimately that's what set him off. Right. So. It's tough. I mean, I guess now Howard's going to be, cause I guess there was an incident last year too. So he's definitely going to be mm-hmm. very short uh, leash now at this point going forward, but we'll talk about it later in the handicaps. I think you have the game down there. I mean, Phil Martelli is certainly, yeah. I mean, obviously a longtime coach of St. Joe's, brought that team to the tournament many times. I mean, just a veteran coach. He, he certainly has been there. I heard his interview yesterday about he's not really going to change uh, the way they play necessarily. Um, so I think you believe they're going to step up, which they need to. They're not playing very good basketball right now. They're, I guess it depends. Lenardi loves that team. Their metrics are pretty good, but their record's terrible. Right. So yep. they got to win some damn games. And uh, they got to do it quickly because there's only basically two weeks of the regular season left in, in the Big Ten, uh, you know, championship. So, anyway, um, well, that's enough on that. But yeah, we so we finished this week three, five, and one. This has included the the totals to action. Just so you know, uh, we were on the wrong side for for the Dons, my Dons. Uh, we were on the right side if it was a you know a plus five, but apparently the game went on yeah. plus th- a plus three, and St. Mary's won by. You know, won by the uh, five. Wait, they won by five points, right? In this game, uh, pretty good game though. You know, St. Mary's a good team. Both these teams, I think, are going to make it the tournament as long as the Dons don't completely screw it up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the tournament. So that was an unfortunate result. Uh, but we were we were on Illinois yeah. though, and this is another team as we mentioned with the Iowa game, Michigan State. I mean, they are imploding. I mean, this team cannot get it done. They did have a really great second half from Walker, the transfer. But Illinois still covered the number and uh, really won going away in the end. But Walker made it close. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, quite a a comeback from Michigan State in the second half. I think Illinois was up handily at halftime. And uh, the Spartans made it a game and they really made it interesting there at the end. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, Illinois held on for the cover. Yeah, I mean, I think at one stretch it was Michigan State outscored them 28 to 14 at one stretch. And. Had a good shot. I thought they were kind of kind of do that last night too, but they kind of foiled, they foiled them again. So this one we kind of read wrong, or maybe I steered you this way. This was uh, Texas Tech going to Texas. Uh, Tech was a two-point dog on the road at Texas. As we had mentioned, these teams had played earlier. We expected a rock fight, but in reality, first of all, Texas Tech won again. So this team not only owns you know Texas. Apparently, all their fans were there too. Where like 40% of the people were there. But this game went over, yep. and Tech is really playing good basketball. I mean, you see them in your metrics in Ken Palm. They're inside the top eight. I think there's seven or something now in Ken Palm. So I'm happy to be wrong on this one, actually. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think that uh, we were looking at the bounce back spot here for Texas and Chris Beard. And I mean, I think that all of the college basketball handicapping community <laughs> looked at it the same way but texas tech proved us wrong i mean they they've been incredibly impressive and they had another huge win last night against oklahoma i think they're quickly rising to the top of the rankings i've got them seventh ranked and they probably are in the top five in realistic terms yeah, they're a really good ball club so watch out and you have you have that pocket uh, ticket in your pocket so good for you action 
the other one was got Kentucky and uh, Alabama, and you know we we kind of had this right, although admittedly we kind of got lucky on the final spread, right? So 11 was what we talked about last week. I think it came out at six, and they won by nine. But they scored 90 points in this basketball game. Alabama's another team that's sliding the wrong way. So it's a good team to fade at this point. You know, last night they probably should have lost outright, but they did get the wind at Bandy kind of last second there. And this game, you know, went over (laughs) 90 90 to 81. So it kind of went away from what we thought as well. Uh, The other SEC game that we talked about, Arkansas, and I love this team, man. You know I love muscle, man. I talked about it. Everybody's laughing about my joke about the wife, but hey, come on, can I tell you, he's got a good good woman behind him. Um, this team is just rock star, man. I mean, they, they, they only losses to Alabama in their last like four, 13, 14 games. And they, yeah. they went to 10, or they, at, they hosted Tennessee and won outright. They won again last night after trailing at Florida. So I really like this team going forward. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that was a big win last night. I was against them with the Gators and uh, took an L there and was impressed by their performance as well. Right. We didn't do too great with North- Northwestern. We can skip that one. Can't trust that team. Um, but this game was interesting. Uh, Villanova against UConn. It's a great game last night. Um, you know, <laughs> Danny Hurley gets kicked out in the first half, which was very interesting. And um, But they still, they, they came from behind. They were down, I think it was like five points in the last 30 yeah. seconds of this game to actually win the game in regulation. That's UConn by two. So it was a push. So we got a push out of it on the betting board, but I was a little surprised Nova couldn't, couldn't uh, hold them off. Uh, yeah, me too. I was, I unfortunately took Nova plus one on the opener mm-hmm. and uh, they were up four with a mi- 30 seconds left. And I, like, I gotta be honest, there were some pretty putrid refereeing calls there in the end. Gillespie got, fouled when they called it a jump ball and then UConn took the lead and then on the very next play Gillespie came down and it was a questionable charge call which led to the late game free throws right. and then the Connecticut player decided just to doink the second one so I know there was a lot of the handicapping community that had Villanova plus two and a half that got the win there too it was an interesting outcome yeah yeah interesting well let's go into this week's matchups I mean there's there's several that we're looking at here so t- tomorrow that's the 24th on Thursday we are looking at um, Ohio State uh, plus five at Illinois. The total is 143. This is a huge game in the Big Ten. I mean, Illinois still can still can technically take the Big Ten crown. They keep winning. Um, you know, EJ Liddell is a stud inside. I don't know. He, he obviously can bring Kofi out of the, the paint unless they put somebody else on him. And I don't know if this these, they probably played earlier this season, but no, they haven't. It's the one one matchup. Such a big conference so they can't always play twice but are you on I, I kind of favoring Ohio State here a little bit even though I love Illinois you know they're a local team for me any thoughts on this one I, I'm gonna look to Illinois here mm. uh, th- this is a problem that Ohio State has had all season and uh, you know last I think it was Monday they played against Indiana and I had a very similar handicap in that Ohio State just can't guard opposing big men right. Trace Jackson Davis and um, his par- partner had a big game on Monday night, and Indiana gave it away at the end. Long story short, <laughs> that was a loser. But this is the same handicap in that Ohio State's not going to be able to stop Kofi on the inside. Uh, Braxton Keyes, a sophomore, is a great player, but he just doesn't have the defensive capability, and Liddell is just not tall enough to play against Kofi. Perfect. So I think Kofi's going to feast in this one, and I like 
the home Illinois team. Okay. Opposite sides, I guess officially we'll take Illinois since I should have stuck that way, but I'll, I'll, I'll root for the Buckeyes this time. Uh, another game we've identified is the Zags are going to San Francisco. This we kind of just talked about. The Zags have to play their tough teams in the in the WCC. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a nine point game. Is that the official line, or is that just the uh, just pulling up the Thursday spreads here? It looks like nine and a half. Okay, so nine and a half Good right on the number there. Again, this is eight o'clock central on Thursday. Uh, you know the Dons are a really good basketball team, but this the Zags team is so good. I you know can they they haven't covered every game right, but you know I have them you know they're six four and one in their last eleven. Usually when they're kind of shorter spreads like this, and nine is not a short spread and normally in basketball, but for them it is. I probably have to stick with the Zags. I mean I want I want the Dons to win. I want the outright winner, <laughs> at least the cover. But um, any any chance you go against the Zags? I know I know you're fading them. You got to talk about that too. Your minus four hundred, yeah. minus seven hundred. I think it was minus four seventy six or something that Circa posted to take the field against Gonzaga in the national championship picture, and I definitely like that. But I'm I'm sure it's going to be shorter when we get to Vegas in March, and I'm just going to wait. Right, right. But um, but looks like would you would you stick with the Zags in the minus nine here on the road? I don't know. This is a really tough mm-hmm. one. I. I have uh, Gonzaga is about 13 and a half points better than San Fran on a neutral court. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is going to be San Francisco's Super Bowl this season whenever Gonzaga comes to town. And so I think you got to bump up their home court advantage a little bit just because of the opponent, which gets you pretty close to nine and a half. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I would probably pass, but I, I certainly would lean to the home team here. Okay. Okay. Let's go, Dons. You can do it. You can do it. By the way, did I did I mention that? Did I say this last week that we I got we have listeners actually. Believe it or not, actually people listen. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, did I tell you that? You know, I was mentioning the um, I was mentioning that uh, Bill Russell was the famous guy from San Francisco. Yeah. There's another uh-huh. Bill Cartwright apparently. Oh I, wow. Two prime best. time texted me like Friday morning. Hey, Bill Cartwright, University of San Francisco grad. I'm like, there we go. Ding, another listener. Thanks for the download. So thanks again. <laughs> Big WCC guy. Well, he's a Santa Clara guy, so you know that. You know he went to school with, you know, the best Santa yeah. Clara guy ever, Steve Nash. So apparently he dunked on him once. I'm just joking. I'm just okay, so <laughs> Saturday we we have no Friday night action. Action. I'm sorry. I wasn't joking about that, you know, Yale-Penn game last week, which was kind of close, but unfortunately Yale took him down. So we're, we're to Saturday here on the 26th couple of Big Ten matchup. You've got Purdue at Michigan State. I think I know where you're going here. Uh, Purdue is a two-point favorite here. You're speculating on the road. Total of 152 at 11 a.m. You, of course, like Purdue to dominate because Michigan State, have they given up? I mean, they, they, they're going to win another game here, but they're mm-hmm. well, they've lost like five or six now. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I certainly would never suggest that Izzo's team is going to give up because he's too good of a coach to let it happen. But this is really just about the matchup for me. I, uh, same thing that I said last week against, against Illinois. Yeah. Marcus Bingham on the inside just can't guard bigs. No. And Purdue has two of the best in the league between Zach Eady and Travion Williams. And I think they're just going to dominate in the paint. And I think that Purdue is going to run away with the victory here. I have them as eight points better than Michigan State. And if I could lay two here, I'd be happy to do so. Well, the thing about Michigan State, and I've said this for about three or four weeks whenever we started doing college basketball, they can't score. They got no mm-hmm. good score. They had Malik Hall last night, 
They're playing Iowa. Iowa's not a great defensive team, actually. Last time I checked, it's, I don't know, 100 girth or something in the defensive category. And they got shut down. I mean, it was like one-on-one basketball. The offense was super stagnant. So I'm with you. It's not just the defense in, inside the paint. I just think that they, they can't score in the paint. So yeah. they don't really have a threat to try to at least break down these open shots on the outside. So I'm with you there. And the, the ultimate X factor uh, action and Melissa will be in attendance on Saturday morning to cheer on the Boilermakers. Woohoo! All right. We got a cam we got a cameo sighting. Hope you'll see <laughs> on the Big Ten network or wherever we're gonna see this game. Uh, all right, let's do this next one. Kentucky at Arkansas. This is at one o'clock central on Saturday. Uh, we've got three points. We're speculating. It's going to be a three-point uh, favorite for Kentucky on the road, 147-point total. I like the Hogs, baby. This is my team. It's my team action. They may not win the title. You know, they got pretty far last year, obviously. They have basically the same team. I know that Sheikway's uh, the man, and this team's tough, but Musman's got this team believing, and if you're going to give me some points at home, I will take it. Yeah, I, I I think there's some merit to that. Uh, you know, I, anytime we talk about a Kentucky game, I look at their opponent, opponent's team's uh, rebounding numbers, and mm-hmm. Arkansas is actually not that bad, 45th ranked on the defensive class. Mm-hmm. And so they should be able to hold their own there. But I think they may just have a hard time scoring a little bit against the Kentucky defense in this one. And so I think the number's pretty close. I, I I figure that, uh, what is it, three? Well, there might be a little value on Arkansas. I think it probably should be closer to four or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how it, how it shakes out when it, the line actually comes out. Mm-hmm. Any idea on the total? I, I would think under 147 seems like a lot for these two teams. They're both pretty good defensive teams, right? Yeah, I, I'm projecting 144 and a half, so a little value on the under there. Gotcha. And and it could be a, a look-ahead spot, or I mean a, a tough sandwich spot for Kentucky, too, because they're playing against LSU tonight mm-hmm. in a, another big SEC game and then have to turn around and go to Arkansas right off the back, whereas Arkansas played last night on Tuesday. That's true, a little rest. We'll stay in the SEC uh, on Saturday. You've got, this is the 3 o'clock game. Auburn is going to Tennessee. Uh, you're speculating that Tennessee is a three-point favorite at home, a total of 139. Uh, I, I like the Vols, D. I, I think they're really great. I do question Auburn right now. I know everybody, they do have that guy, Jabari Smith, who's really good. They have some good players. Late game situations have been tough for them. And more importantly, I just don't see this team, I don't know. I, I'm not a believer in Auburn, personally. I haven't seen them play a lot. I know they have good talent. But Tennessee at home, I think I lay these three points. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And Auburn has been pretty crappy on the road this season, mm-hmm. um, not covering at a very effective clip. And uh, I think that Tennessee's defense is going to be able to uh, stop the Auburn offense a little bit, number four ranked defensively by mm-hmm. the Volunteers. And um, I think that you're on the right side here with the home team. Gotcha. Minus three. All right, last game on Saturday, you've got Kansas at Baylor. This is a huge game in the Big 12. If Kansas wins, they basically win the Big 12 regular season title effectively. Um, you're showing that Kansas would be a three-point dog on the road, a total at 151. This is at 7 o'clock at night. It's the marquee game. I, you know, Baylor, I can't figure out. I mean, I know that you know, Flagler had a big game the other night to kind of pull one out, but they definitely have injuries, so I don't really trust them right now. Maybe if they get some of their guys back, I'm not sure, but Kansas seems to be rolling. If they get points, I, I gotta take it. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised to see Ken Palm's projection here too. I kind of figure it's 
likely more likely to be able mm-hmm. to pick him. But um, to be honest, I was really impressed with what I saw from Flagler the other oh. night. He has been in and out of the lineup and obviously has hurt hurting his ability to perform. But um, I'm thinking that he is getting on the right track, and I'm likely going to be on the Baylor side in this one. Okay. You don't think that um, Baylor's – I mean, Kansas is pretty good size, don't they? I mean, Baylor's a little – Smaller. What are their rebounding differentials? Are they about even on, on the boards? Yeah, I mean, uh, they're both pretty good on the offensive glass. Kansas is 30th and Baylor is 6th. But then alternatively, defensively, they are both in the like 175, 200 range. Mm. So they're really kind of offset there. Both of them really good offensively and not so good on the defensive glass. That's interesting. I don't know how that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, let's go into Sunday. I mean, Action's already eyed this up. He's, he's licking his chops. He's got Illinois going to Michigan. Uh, he's speculating that Illinois will be probably a short dog. It's hard to say. Maybe they'll be favored on the road. But total is 141. Um, this is at 1 o'clock Central on Sunday. You definitely like this, basically the idea that they're going to play for Martelli and they're going to take out Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm projecting that they are going to lose this game. It's halftime now. They're up by two against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And um, not only did Howard get suspended, but one of their key freshmen, uh, Musa Diabate, Diabate mm-hmm. is uh, suspended tonight, which I think is going to hurt them inside against Rutgers. And so getting him back off the suspension is going to be huge for them going into this matchup with Illinois. And further, I think that this is the game where they're going to get up and and really match up against Coburn on the inside. I think uh, historically Dickinson has been good against Coburn, mm-hmm. and uh, this is really the game that they need to win. I think they've got it circled for to keep their tourney hopes alive. Yeah, they got to win probably three out of their last five, and maybe a game in the tournament. So this was one they got to take at home. Okay, I'll I'll put it on the board officially. I'm staying away from this one. Can't go against Illinois twice in one week. So, um, yeah. <laughs> all right, the Monday night game. You know, Baylor's back at it uh, against Texas this time. Uh, you're showing Baylor is a one-point favorite on the road, total of 133, so another rock fight. This is 8 p.m. Central on, on the 28th. So this one I'd probably back Baylor. I, I think that Texas, you know, their offense isn't great. I, I, I always think they struggle. They are at home, but as good as uh, Beard's team plays defensively, Baylor has enough offense against this team. Kansas actually can score, so that's kind of the other the cap in the other game it's a really tough spot though for baylor coming off of the big game on saturday against kansas and then two-day turnaround and that's to go to austin and play texas mm-hmm. but i do think that there's a little value here i show that baylor is almost six points better than texas on a neutral and the way that they've been defending their home court this season it doesn't really seem like they have any sort of advantage there right right exactly especially against texas tech um the, the last game in the big east this time Providence uh, going to Villanova. Um, you know, this is March 1st. It's really interesting that this, Ken Palm would say this because I believe this, that um, Villanova will be a 10 point favorite at home, total of 132. But I can't imagine that's the actual line because everybody thinks Providence is good. We, you both know, they stink. <laughs> it's not that they stink, it's that they have won so many close games. I mean, this team, let me look at this numbers. I had this prepared last week and I forgot to say it. So Ken Palm puts together, if you've ever looked at the spreadsheet, it's pretty cool. This team's 22-3, and three, which is incredible, right? Yeah. But they're 46th in Ken Palm. But do you know what category they're number one in? Luck. Luck. Money. Yeah. <laughs> so they're plus 
.207 in luck. I don't even know what the .207 means, but all I know is they're number one in luck. They have won so many games, close games. They've won overtime games against the likes of DePaul and other not-so-great teams. So, admittedly, if I saw 10 points, I'd probably, I'd probably take the points with Providence. But I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you right now, this line's going to come out at like five or six, and Villanova's going to beat them. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm definitely going to be laying whatever the number is with Villanova because this is the game that they need to get into the Big East title race too. Yeah. The, the loss last night at UConn didn't do them any favors, and I think Providence now has a game and a half lead on them in the tie, in, in the conference. Yep. And so, uh, I think that. Uh, they're going to be prepared to lay a can on Providence on Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'll, I'll be, I'll be looking there with my popcorn. I'll be all excited and see Nova kick, kick the crap out. And I like Ed Cooley. I'm not saying he's a good, not a good coach. He's good, but they've just pulled, pulled rabbits out of their head all season. So, okay, well, let's close up college basketball. Let's stick to golf now. Um, you want to give us a recap of the Genesis uh, Invitational last week? It was kind of an exciting one. I mean, uh, it was the Joaquin Neiman Invitational because he opened up on Thursday with the 8-under 63 and then followed it up on Friday with another 8-under 63 and wow. just torched the field. And uh, his iron play was unlike anything that I've ever seen before. He was consistently sticking balls close to the pin i think i saw that he had like 60 feet of putts on thursday in his entire round Whoa. so he was just uh put on a master class last weekend and no one could catch him and he ended up winning what was his so, what were his odds to win it oh i think like six in the 60s 60 to one mm-hmm. i heard i heard several folks that i listened to recap and many of them had him had him on their card so it's a big win for them but i didn't win any on the outrights. That's <laughs> okay. You won some matchups. You obviously yeah. did come through. Sorry, Patrick Cantlay. Try again. Um, but you pushed. You, you actually pushed on one of these. So they, how does that work? That's just, that's for the whole the whole four four rounds. Yeah. In fact, uh, both Harold Varner and Hadwin missed the cut, but oh. they ended on the same score. I think it was plus two. So that ends up being a push and get your money back. Gotcha. But you're right on uh, Scheffler took over Shoffley. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Scheffler over Shoffley, plus 108. Congratulations. Yeah, I think Scotty Scheffler was quite impressive coming off the big victory at Waste Management the week before. Uh, with how he performed, he was right there in the thick of it towards the end, and I think he finished in the top 20. Gotcha. Well, if I read this right, you had a, you had a slight profit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, a couple cents there. And, of course, oh. I had a lot of other matchups, too, that panned out pretty well. So. Gotcha. So you've got one for this week for us. You got the the Honda Classic. Yeah. So we're leaving California now and heading east to the Florida Swing. Okay. And uh, this first one is in West Palm Beach somewhere. And uh, a lot of the players that we saw last week are taking the week off. So there's zero of the top ten in the field and only six out of the top thirty players that are playing this week. Right. And uh, to be honest, that kind of dims my enthusiasm a little bit about being interested in it. So. Didn't put a ton of uh, matchups in like I normally might, and right. uh, and ca- kind of just taking a, a little more of a, uh, a casual approach to this one. So yeah. it's it's a uh, played at PGA National, which is actually the most difficult scoring course outside of the four majors in mm-hmm. five out of the last seven seasons. Yeah. And one thing that I've picked up is that course history is not really a significant factor here. 
Mm. It's uh, very difficult with lots of water, and uh, typically there can be high winds that pick up off of the the bay or the Atlantic, and uh, can be a big factor. So, kind of looked at some plays here, and I have a was really focused on some longer shot, mid-range shots, I would say, in the 50 to 80 range. Mm-hmm. And I picked out two guys that are both 50 to 1. Aaron Wise is a player who has performed pretty well at this course and has been really striking the ball well lately. Sure. And um, I think that he has a shot. And then I'm going back to the board with our guy, Johnny Vegas. Hey, Vegas. Mostly because of the name, also at 50 to 1. And uh, he was pretty good last week despite – Neiman running away with it. He was 14th in strokes gained approach and 20th tee to green. So I think that he's going to be able to keep it close this week. Now, is this one of these courses that a Gator can come on and steal a ball or let me see Presumably. him? Something like in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> so you like some matchups too. You like you like going back to Joaquin Neiman. He, he had such yeah. a big game at minus 115 over Billy Horschel. You like him right in the high. Yeah, I mean. I think he's going to stay hot. And this is a course where, you know, last week, Joaquin didn't really make a ton of putts. In fact, I think he finished dead last in the field on putting, but he was just so hot with his iron play. And I suspect that's going to carry over this week. And um, so I like him over Billy Horschel, who is a pretty good putter on these surfaces, but he just doesn't have the iron play to hang. Gotcha. Uh, he's minus 115 at DraftKings. And you like Keith Mitchell over Brian Harmon in this one. On bet online, that's minus 110. Mitchell's the recent winner, so he's won this event before, you think. But even though course history doesn't play in as much. Yeah, not a huge. Um, he has won here, and he plays well, but uh, it's more about his recent form. He is another player who's been really hitting the irons well lately, and so I think that's going to carry over and uh, allow him to beat Brian Harmon. Nice, nice. Well, there you go. That closes up golf. I, I can't wait to maybe watch some of this. I've just been too busy having fun sure. and such, but you know, um, I know, I know your cousin will be excited to know that you're so into golf now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, actually we are three weeks away from the big Vegas trip. Uh, we've had some information, maybe we'll see if things change, but, uh, uh we got to talk, I guess, but we've, you know, some of the guys that are come up, our group's got a little bit bigger. There's going to be six guys from California coming, but we're not sure if they're going to make it to Circa on Thursday, so we have to check our plans. But the original four, as I've said, are, are going to be there, ready to go, and ready to check out, you know, St. Patty's Day by uh, Stadium Swim and the first round of games. I'm I'm ready to go. Me too. Can't wait. <laughs> it is so cold today here, Ashton. I mean, it was like a beautiful sunny morning. I, I put on my leather jacket, which is kind of my tweener jacket, and walked outside. <laughs> immediately regretted that decision. It was. Like one degree with the wind chill, I was freezing my noogies off and uh, wait on that platform. So it's not going to be like that at Stadium Sweat. Well, uh, I didn't move my butt from this chair all day. So <laughs> good for you. Good for you. I, I, your your employer is very happy that you were plugged in early. But um, all right. Well, that wraps up our episode. Thank you for following us. Uh, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right. Good luck, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.
Right Action Podcast, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. Individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made, as the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.